0: The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, if it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson with you on a Thursday Coming up this hour, we'll hear from several different Utah State football players and their preparation for the uh, Wyoming Cowboys coming to town on Saturday. Reminder that kickoff is at 2 o'clock. It'll be on ESPNU if you can't make it, though we would highly encourage you to go in person. But on your way there, on your way to the stadium, stop by Locker 42. Al Lewis, Craig Hislop, myself will be hanging out there with our KVNU game day coverage from uh, starting at noon, right until kickoff. And uh, if you can't uh, make it there, you can tune in and listen to the interviews, the analysis, breaking it down, full two hours, uh, giving it the, the game what it deserves in its preparations. So stay tuned for that. And then as soon as the game is over, turn on your radio again. We'll have a full breakdown of what happened on Merlin Olsen Field. And uh, also, we'll hear from the coaches and players as well. So, stay tuned for that coming up tomorrow after. Excuse me, Saturday afternoon. Tomorrow night, it'll be KVNU game night on our sister station with Al Lewis and Jalen Moore getting you ready for Utah State and North Carolina A and T. Utah State has been on a tear offensively and defensively, destroying their opponents. Will it continue tomorrow night? And don't let that be a reason to stay away. Go celebrate the greatness that this team is and the fun that Utah State, the student section has. So if, if nothing else. Uh, so anyway, we would highly encourage you to go. But on your way there, a full one hour pregame will be on our sister station, KVNU. And then as soon as it's over, they'll be on again, breaking it down with, uh, with John Russell. Uh, tomorrow here on this station, we've got all kinds of fun things going on. We'll have the Skyview Bobcats as they take on the Dixie Flyers in the 4A semifinals. That's going to be going on at the University of Utah. Uh, The other game in the semifinal is tonight, oddly enough. That'll be Park City and Pineview. And that'll also be at 6 o'clock this evening down at the University of Utah. So uh, Skyview, interested to see if they can get past Dixie and then who they get to face after that. Uh, That will be determined this evening. So because of the Skyview game tomorrow, we won't have the Jazz game, unfortunately, because that will be going on at the exact same time. It could be an interesting one because it'll be the first game for Mike Connolly back in Memphis. That's honestly, it is a a bummer to some degree that we won't have that game here. Uh, But we have the Skyview game, and we certainly want to cheer on the Bobcats for what they do in the football playoffs. But Friday will be Mike Connolly's first return to Memphis since coming to Utah. And uh, he spent 11 seasons there. Uh spent a long time in uh, a Memphis jersey. Uh, he was part of a core four. He, he went to the playoffs. He really helped make it the grindhouse house. With some of the players that were there, but those pieces started to be shipped off. Mark Gasol left, Zach Randolph, Tony Allen, Uh, so a lot of these people that he was with that made the Raptor, excuse me, the the Grizzlies, a pretty decent team, were leaving, and it it was pretty clear that it was a total rebuild that was going on there in Memphis. And uh, fortunately, the Jazz were able to finally make something work to add him to their roster. So uh, the question is, what does what is it going to look like? for him and for the jazz when they play them tomorrow night so uh, what would you suspect would be the reception uh, what it's like when he gets there I'm sure it'll be emotional uh, it would be cool if, I'm sure they'd have some kind of a tribute video they should but uh, his his jersey will one day be uh, in the rafters I would I would suspect uh, after he's been there for as long as he was and as much as he had done for that community as well, um, but I'm sure it'll be an emotional game for him when he returns to FedEx Forum. Um, but uh, sadly, we won't have that here on the fan tomorrow. Normally, we have all the jazz games. There are with a few exceptions being that if the Skyview Bobcats are playing football or basketball, that will take precedence. Uh, that's not the only reunion game that's of note going on. Uh, lately, there's actually an interesting one tonight. The Mavericks are in New York to take on the Knicks, and that's Kristaps uh, Porzingis. But now he's with the the Mavericks. This will be his first time playing in New York since he was since he left. And um, this the things uh, uh, got kind of hairy there in New York last January when he was there. Eventually, he got traded. Uh, he did get injured, but um, it, it wasn't pretty how the, the team was handling it. Uh, and so they shipped him away. This will be his first game back since leaving. He looks healthy now. He looks good uh, for the Mavericks. So I'm sure he's going to get booed. He'll get booed probably a lot. That's what New York does. But um, he's, he's a good player. And it uh, just wasn't quite working out in New York, and he wanted out of there. Uh, there's another interesting uh, reunion, a couple of interesting ones next week. Um, uh, of note, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Danilo Gallinari, they're returning to Los Angeles to play the Clippers. They were part of the Paul George deal with Oklahoma City, so they'll make their first trip back. On November 23rd, you have a couple of reunions. Jimmy Butler is going to, it'll be his first game back in Philadelphia. And um, who knows how he'll be received there. I, I think his time there was... Probably fine. I don't think it was controversial when he was there, so he'll probably be received with enough confidence and feeling pretty good. Uh, But the other one that's going to be we'll be paying closer attention to on that same night is when the the New Orleans Pelicans come to Utah. That'll be Derek Favors' first game back in Utah since he was uh, traded and and left the Jazz. Um, But uh, he spent eight and a half years in Utah. And uh, I'm sure that there'll be some kind of a, a tribute. The Utah Jazz organization always does a really good job of doing that, and I'm sure there'll be standing ovations and people will be excited and, and happy for Derek. Uh, and he has been a champ. Uh, he never badmouthed the state. He never badmouthed the organization. Even as he has been in New Orleans, he has always talked positively about his time in Utah. He is a class act. Great guy. Great player. And. Hopefully, this situation in New Orleans works out for him. Um, But consider when he came to Utah, when he first got here, it was a mess. Jerry Sloan quit and retired. Uh, Then they traded, uh, yeah, the Darren Williams deal. The team kind of went into a bit of a tailspin. They only won twenty-five games. Uh, But uh, then the last three seasons, this Jazz team has been in the playoffs, and and uh, he was a big part of that. So. Uh, best of luck with the Derek Favors going forward, but that'll be fun to see him in Utah when that happens on November 23rd, when they are back in the state. Uh, another one that will be interesting is on November 27th, just a few days later, when the Jazz make their trip to Indiana, and that's for Boyan Bogdanovich. That's his reunion at his old team. Uh, and he, Boyan Bogdanovich has been huge, a tremendous acquisition. By the Utah Jazz, and what he's been able to do, and and he and what he has uh, done for the Jazz, critical critical moments and uh, stretches here for Utah. Um, he averaged a career best 18 points when he was in Indiana last season, uh, and uh, he's doing doing well, played well, in filling in for Victor Oladipo who got hurt, and really kind of helped carry the situation. So, um, how will he be received? Um, it's it, probably not quite like when Paul George left uh, and all the negativity that was surrounded there b- because Boyan Bogdanovic was not the cornerstone of the franchise. Uh, he filled in and became a great player to help the team get into the playoffs despite Victor Oladipo's injury, but it's not like they built the team around this guy. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they react to him. Hopefully it's uh, positive, uh, but... Who knows? Uh, We'll see. That's November 27th when the Jazz visit Indiana. A couple of the notables, I'm not going to go through all of them because of all the changes that happened in the NBA, but a couple notable reunions that could be worth paying attention to. Also, that same night on November 27th, that's when Anthony Davis makes his return to New Orleans. How will they react to, uh, to him in a Lakers jersey? That could be really interesting. On December 12th, Al Horford returns to Boston. I, I imagine that will be pretty positive. Uh, his time in Boston was was good. Uh, I, I'm sure you know, he, he seemed like he was an upstanding citizen there with their community. They liked him. I don't suspect there be a lot of negativity there. You never know. But um, a couple other ones uh, that could be interesting, um, like Westbrook, uh, Westbrook, when he turns to Oklahoma City, that's not until January 9th. So that's still a couple months away. That could be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, February 24th is when the Phoenix Suns make their trip to Utah, and Ricky Rubio will be in a Jazz jersey. And that, I imagine, will be a lot of happy, excited fans. Good to see Ricky Rubio. And that Phoenix Suns team, they're looking really good. So I think that has Jazz fans even more excited that he went to a situation that's working out for him and not just sent down to some poor middling franchise that's not doing anything. So I'm sure that'll be a loud ovation when he gets introduced and when he takes the floor and makes his first basket. So just um, some of the, the notable reunion games that, could, uh, that will happen in the NBA uh, over this next year. And uh, games to be kind of paying attention to. Worth uh, worth checking out if you're looking for other ideas for uh, what to watch that night. Uh, Paul George, when he comes back to Oklahoma City, uh, when Kyrie Irving in in, uh, in Boston. So a lot of different things to pay attention to. So, But uh, one of the early ones is tonight with uh, Chris Tapps-Porzingas in New York. And then tomorrow, the big one for Jazz fans when Mike Connolly makes his uh, first game back in Memphis, since leaving that franchise and now playing in a Jazz uniform, I'm sure it'll be an emotional game for him. Uh, but uh, Memphis is not a team that the Jazz can just uh, walk all over. They're going to play. They're going to play well because it's got some former Jazz guys on the squad too, on the other side. That they're going to want to show out uh, and play well. That hey, you should have kept uh, kept us and, and kept this part of this program and what you and how you let us go. We're not too happy about that. So anyway, those are some of the interesting reunions going on over the next uh, couple of weeks of note in the NBA. Uh, As a reminder, the Major League Baseball, they've been releasing their awards this week. The uh, Cy Young Award, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year. Today, they released the MVPs. And boy, both of them going to the Golden State, both of them going to the L.A. area. In the National League is Cody Bellinger, and in the American League, Mike Trout. So, man, it's, it's good to play in Los Angeles or the L.A. area. Uh, so congratulations to both of them. They had outstanding seasons. Mike Trout, that he was able to do that, even though not playing pretty much the last month of the year, just speaks to how good he was playing before the injury. Hopefully with a manager change there, uh, and a renewed focus, something a little bit different, They can get back into uh, playing some good baseball. That uh, has been a good franchise. They've had some years of success. So hopefully they get that figured out. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, I had a chance over the last few days to talk to several different Aggie football players and uh, just get a feel for how they are preparing for Wyoming, what they see in the Cowboys, how is this team reacting to that win at Fresno, Over the weekend, still four and one, still opportunities to be in the hunt for a mountain division uh, 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 to win the mountain division and play for a Mountain West Conference championship. So we'll hear from them uh, coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The
0: Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter and online at 1069thefan.com.
1: Mike Trout is the American League MVP, and uh, he got 17 first place votes from the Baseball Writers Association of America. Uh, Bregman was close behind. Bregman received the other 13 first place votes. And they were, Trout and Bregman, were either first or second on all 30 ballots. But uh, Trout, uh, that's his third MVP. Barry Bonds finished with seven, so he's chasing Barry Bonds. Um, quite a few players over the years have had three, but uh, 45 home runs that was a that was a career high for Mike Trout. But he missed the final 19 games for the Angels with that foot injury, but uh, he he led the majors in several different categories. And you just got to wonder what it would have looked like if he played a full season. So congratulations to Mike Trout. He did edge out Alex Bregman. Uh, Marcus Simeon was also uh, in the running. DJ LeMehu and Sandra Bogarts, others receiving votes. But none of the, all three of those guys only got third-place votes. So first-place ballots were either going to Mike Trout or Alex Bregman, first or second. Uh, in the National League, as, uh, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, I went to Cody Bellinger, uh, the first Dodger to win an MVP since uh, Clayton Kershaw did it. First position player for the Dodgers to do it since Kirk Gibson in 1988. Uh, But Cody Bellinger, he edged out Christian Yelich, who was the runner-up. Anthony Rendon was third. He only received one first-place vote, one second-place vote, but 24 third-place votes. Uh, Ketel Marte from the Diamondbacks and Ronald Acuna Jr. received one third-place vote to round out uh, how the voting went in the National League. So that pretty much wraps up the postseason awards in Major League Baseball. But uh, Cody Bellinger had a great season um, and uh, led Major Leagues in a lot of different things or was right there behind Christian Yelich and in, in a few others, but um, he was tied with Yelich. They were tied, both of them, Bellinger and Yelich, in uh, wins above replacement. Yelich um, did post some slightly better offensive numbers in a few categories. Bellinger was the better defensive player. Uh, so anyway, a tight race in both the American League and the National League. All right, coming up this weekend, Utah State football turning their attention to the Wyoming Cowboys. Wyoming gave Boise all they could handle last weekend. It was a defensive battle, and Wyoming had opportunities to win or play some critical uh, downs in the fourth quarter to get them into a position to win uh, or even into overtime and just missed a field goal. So uh, this is a good defensive team holding their opponents below their – their season offensive averages, but a team that struggles to score themselves. So could be an interesting showdown between Utah State's offense and their defense. Uh, but also a lot of eyes on USU's defense. Can they slow down a really good running game for the Cowboys? Uh, earlier this week, I had a chance to catch up with Caden Anderson, who's going to be on that defensive front and drawing one of those uh, responsibilities of trying to slow down the <laughs> the Xavian Validay mouthful. Uh, it was a really good running back for Wyoming and also just the mood of this team after getting that win at Fresno State. i talking to Caden Anderson and uh, Caden, Utah State, nice win last week at Fresno State. Kind of got the monkey off your back. Uh, the team a lot of things went right for USU, even though it was a close one. Uh, What was just the the general feeling about getting that win after a couple of weeks where it was rough?
2: Yeah, well, we had a couple of bad weeks where we just didn't perform up to the level that that we're expected to. And I mean, the good thing is, is even though we didn't play perfect on defense, we came up when we needed to, we made big stops and big credit to our offense. They really played hard and they got us that win at the end of the day. It came down to a a team effort with all three teams, special teams, offense and defense. And honestly, it just feels good to get a win. And we got a, a couple more games to to, to get what we really want at the end of the day and that's a Mountain West championship and so
1: this Wyoming team coming in they got a really dynamic running back he's a load he carries the ball a lot he's hard to bring down what do you see so far and in, in validate
2: uh, honestly it's just going to come down to the, the battle in the trenches and the nice thing is is I think that we match up well where we have some of our best players on defense are up front on the, the line of scrimmage and honestly I'm excited to, to see how they are they're similar in a lot of ways they were last year I think they're a better team than they were last year but I think
1: so are we and so that's where we're at. They've made a quarterback switch. Their quarterback uh, VanderWaal now it was the same guy who started but didn't finish the game last time you guys played them. But what have you seen in him? How different is he this time around when you're preparing for him?
2: Um, to me he looks the same in a lot of ways. Obviously I mean throughout the year in progression he's gotten better and he's you know he's advanced in ways but I think that just like I said before we've advanced as well and I mean up front especially on the defensive line we we've we've gotten older we've gotten more mature and got more experience and you know he's a great player and like last year when we played him they gave us a dogfight all the way till the end so we expect the same thing.
1: This is a this is a, a it's a trophy game, which makes it kind of fun. You get the rifle, but it's a it's a divisional game, and you guys are still in the hunt for the Mountain West, like not just conference champions, but to win your division still. Despite some of the rough things that have happened this year, you guys are still in the hunt. What's that kind of attitude right now, guys? are still hey, we're still okay, we're still in this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, since January when we first all came together, it's been our goal. Every time we we break a, a run in the summer, we break a lift in the summer, all the way up until practices through fall camp and to where we're at now, everything's Mountain West Champs. And that's what we've had on our minds from the beginning of the year. And that's what we're still hoping to achieve. And honestly, we're blessed. And, and it's a really great opportunity to even be in the hut for that. And I'm glad we are. And, you know, we're continuing to do everything that we can to pursue that and be able to go claim that with the hard work that we're putting in every week. So,
1: Caden uh, Anderson, best of luck on Saturday. Thank you so much. All right. So, Caden is on that defensive front for Utah State. He's one of the guys that subs in. They bring in a lot of different guys in rotation. And he's going to have a big assignment trying to slow down that Wyoming rushing attack. Now, this is a team that um, Zazavian Valadie, I have to make sure I pronounce it correctly, Zazavian Validay. It's got an X, a Z, and a V in his first name. Uh, he's already rushed for 755 yards, five touchdowns. Um, he's averaging about 94 yards a game. Now Sean Chambers was also a big part of their uh, their running attack but uh, he got hurt uh, a couple of weeks ago and so he is not part of their their mix. Tyler Vanderwall does not rush the ball nearly like Chambers did. So he doesn't scramble the same way. I think he is prone to uh to making some uh, mistakes uh that uh, Utah State secondary May have some opportunities there, they also had some injuries on their offensive line, so uh, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out and This is a team that on the road they don 't quite play as as good as they do at home. They only have a few losses, but in those losses they 've been competitive so they've they haven 't been blown out of any game that they 've been in in the losses they 've only scored twenty two points or less, uh, and so that 's a big key for Utah State keeping them at bay, not letting them uh, into the end zone. Um, but uh, on the road, they this is a team that uh, doesn't run the ball quite nearly as well as they do when they are at home. At home, they average about 285 yards a game. On the road, about 153. That's a big difference. Uh, now, in conference, they're doing well. They're averaging about 234 yards per game on the ground. So... What uh, Caden Anderson and the rest of that front seven has to do is to uh, uh, yeah, muddy that up in the middle of the field and contain. They, that defense has to be better about wrapping up and bringing down those uh, the running backs. That was a real problem against Fresno State. They'd make some contact, but they couldn't bring them down. They were always consistently getting 5, 10 extra yards because Utah State just could not bring them down. Uh, another guy defensively that could have a big role in what happens on Saturday is Troy Lefferts Jr. Uh, he uh, plays in the in the safety, he sometimes gets pulled up in the nickel, kind of a linebacker position. And uh, he's been playing a lot more and being more and more involved in Utah State's uh, defense. Uh, I got a chance to talk to him also about his changing and evolving role on the team and what he sees in the Wyoming Cowboys coming into town this Saturday. Troy Lefferts Jr. getting involved a lot more in the defense, moving up the charts in you know, tackles per game and things like that. But what is it that's getting you more involved, more engaged in what's going on defensively for Utah State?
3: Uh, as everybody knows, we lost uh, Woody. So that caused me to like go in the box more. And Cash, too, he had to go in the box a little bit. And we just got adjust. We're not running the same things no more. So I guess, I guess they put me in more places to make plays before I started at free. But... Of, basically because of Woody, we had to move in the box and then switch things up a little bit.
1: Where do you feel you're natural, naturally at your best? What, what position on the field?
3: Uh, I would say safety, strong safety in the box, feel more comfortable, but I, at the same time, I know I can go out and cover if it came down to it or play the post, so I guess I, I don't have a, a
1: particular spot, but I think I'm good everywhere on the field. You guys had a couple of rough weeks there, and then that nice win at uh, Fresno, all three phases of the team got it done. Defensive stop, offense got rolling, field goal at the end. What was it like, kind of a mood, finally getting that win after what kind of the last couple of weeks have been kind of rough?
3: Uh, it felt good coming out with the victory, but I feel like the offense out us this week, usually it's the defense doing a little bit better, but I feel like the offense stepped up and we just got to feed off that. And, and once we all come together, I feel like we'll be like dominant, more dominant, and nobody can really do much with us. But I, I, I like that we came off the window, but I think we got to step it up on the defensive end. And I take our hats off to the uh, offensive players for stepping up this week. I mean, last week. I hope they do the
1: same thing this week. Yeah, what is the mood in camp uh, in practices right now, getting ready for Wyoming? A very physical team, really strong running game. Uh, we more physical this week. I, I think I think we have
3: hit all week for real so far. Uh, We're doing more thudding because we know they're, they're going to come physical. Uh, they're little, pretty much bigger boys on the, on the front line and they're, they're uh, tight ends. They like to run the ball down your throat. So this week we've been more physical and more t- emphasized on tackling drills and, and wrapping up after every play. No tagging off. So I think it's been like a more physical week because we know we have on our table.
1: They've made a switch at quarterback, had to because of injury. He was a guy that faced Utah State last year and then didn't finish the game. Now he's back into it. Um a different style than the running back or excuse me the quarterback that they had most of the year. What do you see out of Tyler Vanderwall and the type of quarterback he is and maybe the pressures that he may throw at you guys?
3: I think he's good, like a good fit for their offense, so I'm not taking nothing from him. You know what I mean? Because I, I feel like our second and third string quarterbacks are good as well. So I think he's pretty good with the fitting in their offense. He makes good reads in the RPO and uh, their run game is strong. Like He makes the right right reads every time, I think. So I think we got to not underplay him. We got to uh, live up to the standards of anybody else if he was a starting quarterback because he's still a good quarterback.
1: And, and you guys are still 4-1, and one, still everything in front of you with your conference goals. Uh, just This is a big test this Saturday Against a stout defensive Wyoming team Very physical offensive team What do you guys, I guess, kind of the last feelings About still trying to fight for a conference championship?
3: I feel like we asked for this Especially the people that came in from last year Coming back, they knew this was going to play out like this and at the end of the day, everything going to play out as it should. I, I, I'm kind of glad we're in the position that we're in. I mean, I wish it was better, but I'm kind of glad it's this way because it shows who really wants it at the end of the day. And these last couple of games, every game means something. But we got to do it one game at a time. And I feel like this is this this is good, our back against the wall because everybody knows what we fight for. We break out every week saying Mount West champion, and we got to live up to that. So I feel like we got a task on our hands, and every week for the rest of the season, we got to just live up to it, get it done.
1: All right, Troy Lefford Jr., thank you so much, and good luck on Saturday. Thank you. Troy Lefford Jr. told me afterwards that uh, he <laughs> hates doing interviews, but he did great. He did great. You'd never know it when uh, listening back to it, but uh, we were talking afterwards about you know, how school's going and things like that, what he's doing in school, and uh, his, uh, his least favorite thing is having to do interviews, <laughs> but he did awesome. So anyway, interesting take from Utah State. Two different Utah State defensive players uh, about what's going on and what is on the table still for this Utah State football team. So just 4-1 and one in conference play and opportunities to still win the Mountain Division or at least to be in a position to win the Mountain Division if some other things can go their way. But uh, this Wyoming team is a good defensive team. Uh, it's a team that likes to run the ball a lot. Uh, it's a team that uh, you know, Tyler Vanderwall hasn't had a lot of games that he's played, obviously, at least uh, not in great uh, in numbers where he's mostly been the guy. But uh, he he can sling the ball around a little bit, um, but uh, he's only averaging about 61 yards a game through the air. So uh, most of their work is on the ground. Uh, uh, but what they do uh, defensively, their defense in their in their defensive passing scheme has been their strength. Uh, typically, it's been on their front seven. Now it's on their back seven, if that makes sense. Linebackers, I guess, are still in the mix <laughs> either way. Uh, Logan Wilson is their stud linebacker, uh, is their leader of them defensively. But They also have some key guys in their secondary that have had some takeaways and uh, can hit hard and bring pressures as well. So <clears throat> what Utah State does in their passing game is going to be really important for this uh, success of the Aggies. And we'll hear from one of those guys. who is was going to be involved in that passing game. He has been lately. That's Taylor Compton. We'll hear from him. Also hear from Jacoby Wildman. Again, just another thought about that defensive front for Utah State. And more comments from Gary Anderson and Craig Bull about the big matchup this week in Bridger's battle, the uh, battle for that uh, big old-fashioned rifle and opportunity to still be on top, or at least in the hunt, for to win the Mountain Division and still play for the Mountain West Conference Championship. So all that's coming up right here on the Full Court Press. The Aggies,
0: Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. The Fan.
1: Eric Franson with you here on the Full Court Press, continuing to get ready for Utah State versus Wyoming. Aggies hosting the Cowboys. The battle for that, or uh, Bridger's rifle, Just really cool. I'm glad they did that. Started that just a few years ago. Whomever wins gets to keep the the rifle, gets to keep the trophy, and for the, at least another year. Utah State currently has possession, and. Uh, this is a Wyoming team that played Utah State really tough last year. All that high-powered offense, everything was clicking so well for the Aggies a year ago. Wyoming really gummed it up and made it tough for the Aggies to do much. Remember, it was a Darwin Thompson big play early. It was a, a special teams touchdown and not much else for Utah State in that game, but it was just enough to to keep the win in uh, hostile territory. Now, this week could be a little bit different. Uh, Wyoming still has a very good running back, but Tyler Vanderwall is only a sophomore, uh, not particularly dynamic in what he does, so they rely a lot on the running game offensively. And defensively, while they do have some uh, changes in their defensive line from a year ago, they're still only allowing about 100 yards a game on the ground defensively. Their defensive secondary has also gotten better. They do have some really good linebackers, so they may adopt what Air Force and BYU did against Utah State in that the bring drop more people back in coverage, force Jordan Love to beat them with his arm. Um, so that could be you know, last last week he was mistake free at least with interceptions. Could he make it two in a row? If he does, I think that plays a big factor in Utah State getting the win. Uh, As we mentioned earlier on, uh, Jacoby Wildman, he had a great stop on one of those late series for Fresno that prevented them from marching down the field and extending their lead over the Aggies. Uh, He met with the media earlier this week. Uh, He's had some great moments so far this year, and we're going to need him to have, or Aggie players are going to need to have more of those great moments for him, especially this week against a Wyoming football team that does a lot right there in the trenches.
4: Sweet. Um, Thank you guys for letting me come and talk to you. Uh, Yeah, it was a great game. uh, Great team win. Um, Defensively, there's a lot we can improve on. We still left a lot of plays out there. A lot of uh, missed tackles. Lots of missed assignments. Um, That was evident this morning as we watched film and recap the game. But um, players stepped up, made plays when they needed to, Uh, unselfish plays that went unnoticed and. It was a it was a great team win. So,
1: talk about your play there at the end of the game on the third and short.
4: Uh yeah, that was a. I, I owe that play to Justice and Devon on the front end. First of all, they set the edge for me. And then Chris Unga came in from the backside with me, kind of dove in, made the guy uh, cut, pull up, and at that point he was already he had already made his jump cut. So. He was wide open for a shot from the side, so it was an easy tackle at that point. I just ran through it, so <laughs> I owe it to those guys. So, How
2: big was up for the defense to come up with a couple of stops there? You had a couple of stops at the end when there could have been struggles, like you said, the
4: Yeah, there was a couple minutes left in that game, and uh, we were down. Uh, it wasn't looking too, too good, and we had our backs up against the wall. I feel like our defense showed its true colors, and... Uh, we can play as a unit, and we can make those plays when we need to. Uh, we need to moving forward. Um, it was a positive way to end the game. And looking forward, it's, it was a great um, defensive building moment together. So, yes,
1: I mean, let's face it, Jacoby, from some of us outside looking in, didn't look too promising with the last two games where the defense really didn't stop anybody at all and even a lot of the fresno game you guys are having a tough time with that to be able to hang in there and make fourth quarter plays when you needed to really says something about you guys yeah um coach
4: a harps on all the time uh players make plays and the players win games and when it comes down to it people need to step up and make those unsung hero plays you just got to do your assignment and we're firm believer in that if you do your assignment that everything else kind of falls into play Uh, other people can make plays it's it's not one person that stands out but it's the unit that that succeeds and that we see success all 11 of us and then that translates over to the offense as well Um, when you get momentum moving on one side of the ball it translates to the other side and you can really feel that that's very tangible out on the field so
5: Coach Anderson was talking about how physical Wyoming is and that they enjoy mm-hmm. it and even Coach likes that physicality. Do you enjoy as yeah. well?
4: Yeah, it's it's awesome. I always love playing those guys and I respect them a lot. Uh, it's been a battle the past couple of years playing those guys and I have a lot of respect for them. Um, it's power football. It's run down your throat. And you stop us and um, we'll give it to you but you're going to have to stop us. You're going to have to put your foot down and, and make those stands when you need to and that's this week, looking forward as a defense, it's going to be that much more crucial um, for us to do our assignments to be where we're supposed to be. Um, because if you're not, they'll exploit it. Uh, we're really excited to play them, though.
1: You have to be really good against the run mm-hmm. because they were going to run it. If, if you let them
0: run
3: it, they'll run it the whole game. I think
4: exactly. They can, right. Yeah. That was last year with that. Uh, they hit that QB power mm-hmm. seemed like 20 oh, yeah. times in a row. Yeah. And. Um, if you give them that, it's kind of like that Air Force mentality, right? You give them that, that look that they want and you can't stop it, they're not going to stop running it. So I don't see why they wouldn't So you need to stop what they do best.
2: I just noticed on here too, I mentioned the coach, they, they went to the ball five times, two fumbles, three interceptions. That's, that's something you guys need to yeah. get a few of those. Yeah,
4: yeah, we need to be focused on that f- throughout practice this week. It's funny, the, the things you focus on during practice as a team and as a defensive core, that's what really you shows up in games. Um, we focused a lot last week on, on tackling. I felt like our tackling was better from the prior games. We need to keep dialing in on those specific areas. Turnovers are a big one. Those are big game-changing plays. And I think with turnovers, yeah, you can beat any team. So we need to look for those.
1: Well, through it all, this uh, the season we've had, you still have set yourselves up to have yeah. the games that you still can do what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, through, through even bad stuff. Or whatever. Yeah,
4: yeah. As hard as it got, um, the leaders on our team and, and Coach Anderson, all our coaches, uh, our goals are still out in front of us. Um, as bad as it looked at times, we've won the games we need to, and we put ourselves in position to um, to have everything that we that we could want. So we just got to keep keep pushing through, and uh, it's a hard, it's a rough time of year for some players. But this team is handling it very well. Um, I feel like we're banding together, and it's going to be a great week of practice for us. We're gonna we're gonna get to it. So,
1: okay, so there's Jacoby Wildman meeting with the media earlier this week. Uh, I love how he was thanking them, the media, for the opportunity for him to speak to them. <laughs> that was very polite. Thank you, Jacoby. Uh, but, yeah, interesting insights about focusing on tackling, uh, being more physical. Troy Lefferts Jr. also talked about that, that this has been a focus of this team this week, uh, hitting each other more, trying to prepare themselves for what's going to happen this week uh, against a physical Wyoming team. I feel like I'm hearing this phrase a lot, especially from Gary Anderson, about needing to be more physical, but... Um, that they will need to be because they will be faced with a physical team. That's what Wyoming has consistently done under Craig Bowl: um, is be physical uh, and be aggressive. So how Utah State matches that will be the true test on Saturday. Uh, last thing, from the players' perspective, uh, talking about the passing game could be really important in this one. Teams have had a hard time running the ball very well against Wyoming, and so they go to the air a lot more. And uh, one of the guys that could be a big, play a big part of that is Taylor Compton. In the passing game, we got him more involved last week, had a, a nice game against Fresno State on the road. Uh, he's a local kid, and uh, good to see those uh, local products succeed at Utah State. I had a chance to catch up with him after practice just the other day. Taking a minute to talk to Taylor Compton, uh, Logan High grad, Sorry. and uh, also here going on at Utah State. Uh, the general mood of the team after that win beating Fresno State after a couple of weeks have been kind of rough?
5: Yeah uh it was uh, it was a rough few weeks there uh we had to look uh inside ourselves a little bit uh come back to the film room and uh correct a lot of mistakes and it was just a relief to get that win you know we put in we felt like we've put in the work hadn't got the results you want so it was good to go out there and get a W uh however we could get it.
1: The offense seems to be progressing even though it was a loss at BYU. It seemed like the offense was moving again a little bit more and then it was really much better against Fresno State. What's changed? What's different about how things are progressing now? or were those games where it wasn't really working,
5: just kind of an aberration? I think just the biggest thing is just having an attacking mindset. We've come out and uh, really wanted to go attack defenses and not worry so much about uh, all the other things we couldn't control. Right? And the biggest thing uh, from the last two weeks is taking care of the football. I mean, we had zero turnover was last weekend, so you're not going to win many games uh, turning the ball over, so the biggest thing was taking care of the ball and just executing our job, just, just guys doing their job and uh, doing their 111th
1: the guys on the TV broadcast, the national broadcast, a couple different times said straight out of Logan. How often do you hear that with your last name? <laughs>
5: uh, I hear that I hear that quite a bit, you know. Uh, yeah, the NWA reference right there. Uh, <laughs> classic song right there. So yeah, I, I've heard straight out of uh, a lot of times in my life, and I'm cool with it. I like hip-hop. I love, I, I love uh, all that kind of genre. So I'm cool with it. Pretty cool.
1: Wyoming Cowboys, very physical defense. Uh, they make it difficult for anybody to move and score on them. Yep. What do you guys see out of them so far?
5: Yeah, they're going to pack the box they're going to bring uh, complex split schemes and they're going to play uh, man on man on man so uh, the biggest thing is just uh, winning our one-on-one matchups you know speaking from my position from the receiver room we need to win one-on-one matchups and give Jordan a chance to get the ball out and uh, if we do that I think we'll have a chance to be successful with some of the schemes we got to protect ourselves.
1: I mean, this, You guys are still four and one you still have everything in front of you you still have a chance to win your division potentially play for the conference championship. What's that like despite some of the bumps you guys have had in the season so far?
5: Yeah, it kind of felt like the world was falling on us a little bit, you know. Uh, we're used to winning games here, and you have a couple setbacks. And, uh, yeah, it kind of feels like the world's falling down on you. But, you know, we realize that, hey, all our dreams and aspirations are still out in front of us to win this conference. And that's our ultimate goal. And we just got to take it week by week. I mean, essentially, it's a single el- elimination tournament at this point. So we're just going to take it week by week and try and win each round and uh, keep surviving and advancing. All right, Taylor Compton, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Taylor
1: Compton, a Logan High grad, doing well at uh, Utah State. It's a wide receiver core. Uh, and uh, last week, uh, had a nice nice game for the Aggies. Uh, there was a lot of wide receivers that got, got involved for USU. But um, one of his uh, better games, um, and uh, well, we've, we've seen him have... Uh, a couple other games, too, where he's come up uh, come up big and made some good, big plays. And it's not always catching the ball and, and making a reception that means you had a big game. Sometimes those are the only stats that a lot of us see, but uh, he's a big part of what's going on with Utah State offensively. All right, uh, coming up next, some uh, final thoughts from the coaches in our lead-up to the game on Saturday. Again, we'll have our on our sister station KVNU game day coverage will start at noon, and that'll go right up to kickoff at 2 o'clock on Merlin Olsen Field. Some
0: more thoughts coming up here on the Full Court Press. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Yep, yep, very good in the turnover margin. Um, You know, and I would say it looks back to, you know, the the emphasis on ball control and all those other things that they do. Obviously, it's uh, a... they do a nice job in those areas of making sure that they they protect the football as much as they can, and it's a high importance for them. So, hopefully, we get one or two out. Didn't get any last week, so you'd think there'd be one sitting out there for us somewhere, right? It's got to be out there somewhere.
1: It's Gary Anderson, and Wyoming does a nice job with. Uh, they are ahead of Utah State in the turnover margins. Uh, and uh, Utah State didn't have any takeaways last week. Could they do that this week? Wyoming plays pretty sound football. Not a lot of risk uh, that they take. Uh, so you know, this could be another big opportunity for Utah State defensively to try to swing things their way if they can get some turnovers. And conversely, not give any away. Uh, they are going to drop guys back in coverage. and So Jordan Love will have to be on his game and uh, not try to force things into windows that we shouldn't be throwing. Um, so uh, that's going to be one of the key factors for the game on Saturday. Gary Anderson also uh, talked a little bit about the offensive scheme that we'll see from Wyoming uh, when they take the field on Saturday. And again, we've we've talked a lot about a run-heavy offense, but it's not all just that.
0: To get out much. Yeah, you know, the, the scheme is it puts them in a spot a little bit to be, you know, downhill um, and physical, depending on the personnel groups that they're in. But do I see the ability to get to the edges of the defense? Yes. You know, and they incorporate the fly sweep. Obviously, uh, we had a hard time with the fly sweep last week, and Fresno's executed that very well all year long. Um, so we'll have to be heads up for that. But I think they, they, they have runners that can get to the edges as, as needed. Um but again, it's that that mindset of hey, we are a power football team, and you know we're going to smash in between the tackles and smash in between, between the tackles, and you know hopefully keep the chains where they want it to be: first and ten, second and six, third and two, and away we go. And some play action passes, but uh, you know they can still drop back and hit the throws. when they need to be able to hit the throws. So um, you know I don't I don't want to give the impression it's just some ball control team, but that's their identity. They want to be that team. Um, and you know I've been in, I've been around teams that have that identity also, and it's uh, when you have that identity and you can be powerful and run, you do that and 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 fit with your own personality. So it was a good game, both sides, both physical teams, and again it came down to a kick.
1: Now at the end, they're referring back to the Wyoming and Boise game that happened on Saturday night. So uh, it's it's going to be fun uh, to see how this all plays out. Uh, certainly the Utah State defense. Has me more concerned than the offense at this point, uh, especially with this matchup um, and uh, their ability to stop the run, to try to get after uh, Vander Waal to try to kind of frustrate him and make some uh, force him into some mistakes. That'll be a real key, uh, I think, in this one. Uh, Utah State, interestingly enough, opened as three-point favorites. It moved up to five and a half. It's where it currently sits right now. I got to be honest, I don't, I don't see that. I think this will be a really close game. And I, I'm, I, I'm afraid of what might happen for Utah State. I'm not sure if I feel comfortable even picking the Aggies in this one. Don't don't hate me. I just am concerned about that defense for Utah State and their ability to slow down and stop that power run game that Wyoming is very good at. Uh, so... Yeah, We'll find out more. Uh, tomorrow, we'll have a little bit more on this. We'll also preview the high school football games that are going on. By tomorrow, we'll know if Skyview were to win, who they would face in the championship. So we'll talk about that. We'll discuss the Jazz taking on the Memphis Grizzlies and uh, Mike Connolly's reunion with uh, or it's his first game back uh, in Memphis since he left. And also we'll hear from other things going on around the Mountain West Conference with This Week in the Mountain West. Have a great night, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow, back at it again at 4 o'clock right here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM.